Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Remain standing, if you would, and take your Bible to the Old Testament, to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, one of my favorite passages, 2 Chronicles chapter 34. I am thankful for the name of Jesus, no other name like it. And that's why we're here today to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior, we do not want you to leave the same way. We want you to come to know Him as your personal Savior and pray that that will take place this morning. We would encourage you in that way. 2 Chronicles 34, if you take your Bible there with me, if you turn to 2 Chronicles 34 in the, New, excuse me, the Old Testament, and uh, chapter 34, this is one of my favorite passages. You know, one of the greatest things about the Bible is once it's open, it continues to speak to us. And it's alive, it's still very healthy, it's very vital, it's very alive today, and there's no other book like it. It does not run dry, it is always alive and comes alive even more when we open it. 2 Chronicles 34, verse 1 says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. Notice please verse 2, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Would you take your Bible and turn to Second Chronicles 35? 2 Chronicles 35 should be just a page over. Notice verse 26 and verse 27, please. Verse 26 reads this way, Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness, according to that which was written in the law of the Lord, and his deeds... First and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Would you bow with me, please, in prayer? Lord, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the name of Jesus. I thank you for salvation. Lord, I'm thankful that you showed me some things out of this passage. This morning, I pray that we will see them. Lord, I pray that we will not come away thinking, oh, that's an amazing message or anything about the messenger. But Lord, that we would only come away seeing that you're an amazing God. And it's an amazing book that we hold in our hand. May we hold it more than just on Sunday morning. May we love it. May we be endeared to it. May we adore it. May we find it deep in our heart. Lord, may we meditate on it. Lord, I pray this morning that we will be helped, each and every one. You know the needs. And Lord, I pray that you will use me. In spite of who I am, I pray that I will be dead to myself and alive to Christ. And Lord, that this book will once again come alive. It's promised to not return void. Lord, I pray that you'd use it this morning, that it will help us with even our own testimony, myself very much included. I ask for your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. It's been said by people that you remember the first and their last day, how they start and how they finish. 
Now, none of us know when our finish is going to be. We already know when our start was, when we were born to this world and, and the earth that we now live on. And this first thing this morning I want you to notice, please, in verse 27, it says, and his deeds first, first and last. So the first part of Josiah's life, by the way, if you're taking notes, this should be on the back of your bulletin there if you'd like to take notes, I encourage you to do so. And I plan on just preaching the Word of God this morning. By the way, one, one speaker, I like what he said. He said this, there's two things about his preaching. He said he's not smart enough to preach any other book. And then he said, secondly, he's just smart enough to preach the book. And that's all we need. That's all we need this morning is, is the book. So go back to 2 Chronicles 34, please, with me if you would. You notice Josiah's deeds, it says the first. His first deeds, his first part of his life. And 2 Chronicles 34, too, is majority of his first part of his life is recorded in this chapter. And it says Josiah was only eight years old. And notice it says, when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. So 31 years. And he had a testimony of doing what was right. And it says that he walked in the ways of David his father. And we must be careful when we, when we take a journey in the Word of God, we need to take a journey. And we need to compare Scripture with Scripture. And as soon as you read this, at least for myself, when I read this, I thought, how could David be his father? And David was not his earthly father. For in a few verses ahead of this, in chapter 33, you notice who his earthly father is. It says in verse 25 of chapter 33, it says, But the people of the land slew all of them that had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah, his son, king in his stead. Who is Josiah's father? Why is this so important? Well, every part of Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The whole canon of Scripture is important. And we must look at the Word of God and we must take a journey. I want to encourage you this morning to let the Word of God take you on a journey. You know, we do a lot of traveling. majority of us travel 13,000 miles a year. So that's close to at least 1,000 miles a month. And some of you travel more than others. My family and I, we enjoyed some time traveling to Lancaster and the beauty of the, God's landscape this time of year. And, and what a wonderful time we had together. And I'm thankful for that. And so we, we travel. We travel locally. We travel nationally. We travel internationally. And we do a lot of traveling. Can I tell you this morning that the greatest journey you and I can take is a journey through the Word of God. That's the greatest traveling we can do. That's the greatest travel we can take. It's said that 30% of Christians will not even travel through their Bible ever. It's estimated that 80% of American Christians will only read their Bible already done at church Sunday morning that's it 80% 20% of Christians read their Bible any other day the best journey you and I can take is a journey through the Word of God and my prayer is that we will start the journey back if we've quit that we will travel in the Word of God and travel again and compare Scripture with Scripture so what's so important about Chapter 33, verse 25, and Ammon being his dad, and Ammon his real earthly dad, and, and David, he's chosen David as his father, but it's his forefather. He's chosen David as a spiritual father, if I may, because he looked at David as, remember, a man after God's own heart. He recalled what he's seen and what he had heard and, and what had happened with David and what had taken place because the stories had traveled down through history. 
from David. And Josiah had a dad that was not the greatest of dads. Matter of fact, he did some major damage. Would you notice, please, in verse 21 of chapter 33, 2 Chronicles 33, 21, it says, Ammon was two and 20 years old. So 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. A lot of difference here with Josiah. It says in verse 22, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. As did Manasseh, his father, which would be Josiah's grandfather, his grandpa, for Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh, his father, had made and served them. Notice, please, verse 23, he humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh, his father, had humbled himself. Praise the Lord, Manasseh, his grandfather, had actually humbled himself before God. Now, God had to do some things to get his attention. God is a God of mercy, but God is a God of judgment as well. God is a God of love, and God is a God of grace, but God is a God of righteousness. And God wants things to be settled, and He settles it all. And He wants us to live right for God, like Josiah, a young man, an eight-year-old young man. If a little eight-year-old young man can live right for God, I think we can live right for God. And I'm thankful that God uses these examples. But a bad example was put in front of Josiah. Those who were closest to him, those who were in his family, and and Manasseh, Josiah's grandfather, he did the exact same. But Ammon trespassed more and more. By the way, if you and I, let me just stop right here, if you and I are not humbled enough to to say, God, I want to live for you, I want to do right by the Word of God, if we will not humble ourselves, we will trespass more and more. You know what trespassing is. You see the signs, no trespassing. Don't, don't, don't get on the property. We will trespass more and more against God's Word if we're not in His Word. If we're not willing to live right for God and we're not willing to say, God, there's some things wrong in my life. There's some things right in my life and I want to keep those right. There's some things wrong in my life. I want to get those right. And I want to confess my sins. I want to be faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Otherwise, we trespass more and more. We get ourselves in a deeper situation than we ever thought we could. And just like Ammon, if we had to be honest and humble, because I don't know about you, but the Word of God makes it very clear. It says in Proverbs 21, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. And I, I can testify that there's times in my life where I think I'm going the right way and I'm doing the right thing, but every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the hearts. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. What's Josiah's life like at first? His first days. His beginning days. His younger years. Well, Josiah's days, his first days, the days of his life at the beginning of his life, if I may, had some bad influences. Had some things that surrounded him that really would say, Man, Josiah, there's no way that you can turn out for God. Man, Josiah, there's no way that you can live for God. I mean, Josiah, you weren't raised right, so it's too hard for you to serve God. Josiah, you don't stand a chance for living for God. And Josiah, the odds are stacked up against you. And Josiah, everyone would understand based upon your dad and your grandpa and what they did. Josiah, you have everything going against you. No reason to live for God. Notice, please, in chapter 33, 1 through 6. This is Josiah's first days. This is what Josiah has experienced in his life. This is what Josiah has been surrounded by. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem. 
But he did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Notice he built again the high places which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. He reared up altars for Balaam. That's, that's Baal, the same, same one that Elijah had said, How long halt you between two opinions? If, if the Lord be God, follow him. If, if you Baal, then follow him. Same, same thing. Reared up altars for Balaam and made groves and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. They're worshiping, they're serving. There's a bigger problem. Verse 4, also he built altars in the house of the Lord. Oh my. Wherefore the Lord hath said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the house of the heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And this is horrible. He caused his children to pass through the fire. In the valley of the son of Hinnomani, observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. To anger. Manasseh gets humbled in verse 10. Notice it, drop down there, please, with me. It says, The Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Wherefore the Lord brought in upon them the captains of the host of the king of Syria, which took Manasseh among the thorns, and bound him with fetters, and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God. God got his attention. And humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers, and prayed unto him, and he was entreated of him, and heard his supplication, and brought him again to Jerusalem, into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. But then you go to verse 21 and 22, and you see that Manasseh and Ammon, and Ammon was trespassing more and more. And then you come to chapter 34, and you find Josiah, a little eight-year-old, choosing to do that was his right in the sight of God. Josiah, you're just a little guy. Josiah, how can you make that much of a difference? Well, 2 Timothy, or excuse me, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou... An example of the believers in word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith. I'll tell you right now, and there's some young people in this room this morning. Young people, you can live for God no matter the circumstance. And by the way, we need you to live for God in the day we live in. By the way, we need all ages and all stages to live for God no matter the circumstance. The, the bar is not lowered based upon the society we live in. Did you catch that? The bar is not lowered based upon the society and the world we live in. Well, the world is this way, and the world is doing this. Well, what does God's Word have to say is all that matters. This settles it, I believe it, and that settles it for me. Does this settle it for you? As a young person, are you willing to live for God? You say, i got a rough background. So did Josiah. Man, everything around me, I'm surrounded by nothing but wickedness. I mean, I mean children were being put in the fire. You realize that's a horrible thing. It was happening in the house of the Lord. You realize there was much evil in the sight of the Lord, and God didn't put up with it. It, it took only two years for destruction and damage to come to the house of God. That's a pretty short period of time. You know what God wanted? He wanted Josiah. And you know what God found? God found a man that was willing to say, the best journey I can take is a journey through the Word of God. And as a young person, I'm going to live for God no matter what. Get this. Please get this. 
Josiah did not even have all the Word of God that we have. Whoa. The whole counsel of God. We'll see in just a moment here. All I believe he has is the book of Deuteronomy. 34 chapters. And you and I have the whole book. All of the Word of God. I would say, to whom much is given, much is required. And if, if, if Josiah didn't even have the book for 60 years, they did not have the book, the Word of God. It had to be found because Manasseh and Amnon, they're such good characters that they're trying to, they hid the Word of God from the, all the people. And I'm being sarcastic there. They're horrible characters to hide the Word of God. They have hidden the Word of God because they didn't want the next generation to find it. But God's Word endures forever. It lasts. Its truth goes to the next generation. And you can't hide the Word of God. You can try to hide it. You can place it away. and You can put it in the temple of God. But in 2 Chronicles 34, Hilkiah the priest finds the book. And he found the book of Deuteronomy. The law of Moses. According to the law of Moses. And so on the scene you have Josiah... And on the scene, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure or whether it be right. And so Josiah is not going to go after the, the ways of his granddad. Praise God for that. Josiah is going to follow David's God and a man after God's own heart. And he's going to walk and, and do that was right. Bob Jones Sr. said, do right till the stars fall. And by the way, the stars haven't fallen yet. There's some stars that fall, I get that. But do right till the stars fall. In other words, just keep on doing what's right. And the only way you're going to do what's right is if we go according to the Word of God. And my, we need a revival of, of young people and middle-aged people and older-aged people and, and all ages to just live for God. And I love Romans 8, 36. It says, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, no, not, nope. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You know, we, we live in a society that accepts a lot of things, but some of the, most of the things that society accepts are still not okay with God. And we need to be okay with what God is okay with. In 2 Chronicles 35, verse 27, it says, His deeds first and last. Do you get an idea of what it was like for Josiah in his early days? His beginning, his younger life, he was willing to live for God against all odds. Even against what his family and what he had grown up to become. And I praise God for first generation Christians. And I thank God for those first generation Christians. And I thank God for second and third and fourth and on and on the generations can go. But most of the time it takes someone to break away from the mold of what their parents did and what their grandparents did. And that can be you today. Young person. Middle aged person. Older aged person. Just because mom and dad, grandpa, grandma, just because you had it that way and that's your life doesn't mean you cannot live for God. You can live for God, and God can help us in this matter. The last part of Josiah's life, number two, the last part of Josiah's life. The best journey we can take is a journey in the Word of God. And 2 Chronicles 35, 27 takes us right on a journey. It says, and his deeds first and last, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. So we better go to kings. 
2 Kings 23. That's what it's talking about when it says kings. Because God's Word will lead us to other passages of Scripture when we compare Scripture with Scripture. And we let the Word of God take us on this journey. What a wonderful journey it is. 2 Kings 23. 2 Kings 23, please. That's the book of Kings. 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and 2 Kings 23, verse 24. 2 Kings 23, verse 24 says, Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and the wizards and the images and the idols and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem did Josiah put away. He put them away. Why? Something's more important to him. That he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Elkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord, and like unto him. Notice please, verse 25, there was no king before him that turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses, neither after him arose there any like him. My friend, that's a testimony. My friend, that's the testimony I want to have. That's the testimony you and I should both desire to have and that we all can desire to have. And this can be done. Josiah did it and like unto him when there's no king before him that turned to the Lord. He turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his mind. Performed the words. Neither after him rose there any like him. No king before him or after him. You mean out of 108 kings in the Bible, you mean King David? You mean Solomon? You mean Hezekiah? You mean Joash? You mean Jehoshaphat? Massa, and, and on and on the list goes, you mean that it was Jesus the King of Kings, and then it could be said, Josiah right after that, underneath him? Huh. None before him or after him. None like him that turned to the Lord with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his might. What helped Josiah live for God? How could Josiah have a testimony for God? And Josiah would take you back to, chapter, to verse 24 when he got his hands on the book. Josiah put away that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book. Josiah, what day changed your life? You turned to the Lord and, 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 and you really you, you had all that going against you and, and you still did what was right in the sight of God and, and you were doing what was right and you were seeing David and, and that testimony and so you follow that testimony but in the sight of God you still knew God was seeing everything you did but you didn't even have the book. You didn't even have the, the Word of God. What day really changed your life? Well, when I was trying to do what was right and then God allowed the book, the book, the book, to be found. And the book, when it was found, it changed my life. It changed the lives of anyone and everyone that I could, could talk about too. And it was read and we, and we had it, we, we allowed it to be stood up and we erected a, a platform and, and then 34 chapters we stood and we wanted to hear it and we, it was read to us and we, we were attentive and we wanted just the Word of God to be preached and preach the Word, be incident in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And so the Word of God was, was really what was mattered most to us, and that was what was most important. That's the day that changed my life. That's the day that I turned to the Lord with all my might, with all my heart. And boy, there's some things that we started getting rid of. There's some things that started happening. There's some purging that took place. There's a revival that broke out. As a young person, there's some things that took place that was according to the law of just Moses. Just the law of Moses? Just Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the law of Moses? 
Yeah, just that book had enough impact on Josiah. And we have way more than that. So Josiah, in 2 Chronicles 34, if you would turn back to there with me, please, and notice his life and his testimony briefly here this morning. So we're turning a lot to a lot of Scripture where we're taking a journey. It's a journey. It's the best journey you and I can take. It's a journey through the Word of God. And I don't know what journey you're on in the Word of God, but I hope you're on a journey in the Word of God. I hope it's more than 2 Chronicles 34 and 2 Kings 23. And I hope it's more than that this week. I, I hope that you'll take a journey through the Word of God. It's the best traveling you can take. It's the best gas mileage you'll get. And that day, Hilkiah brought the book. It changed Josiah in a big way. Verse 3, it says this, 2 Chronicles 34, verse 3, In the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. The God of David his father. And in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and groves and carved images. So my mass serves me correctly. He's eight years old when he was a king, and this is his eighth year. He's only 16. He's 16 years old when most 16-year-olds are concerned about sports, driving, girls, uh, all kinds of video games. And Josiah is seeking God better than any video game. He's seeking God rather than driving a chariot. He's seeking God by driving God's Word into his heart. And something really amazing happens when he turns 20. And so when he turns 20, notice please with me, there's some... Better things to take place than a, than a video game can ever offer. Nothing against video games. I love playing video games. I love watching video games more than I love playing the video games. But this is pretty incredible. This is hard to beat. And they break down, verse 4, the altars of Balaam in his presence and the images that were on high above them. He cut down and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them. And strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priests upon their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And then it carries on over to the cities. And the cities of Manasseh and Ephraim and Simeon, even unto Naphtali with their matoks round about. There's a purging, there's a cleansing, there's a removal. There's quite the rubble pile. And then there's dust as a result of all that... They had destroyed because they destroyed what was destroying everyone anyways. They tore it up. I mean, I don't know about you, but it can be fun destroying things, and it's a lot easier to destroy than it is to build. But when you're destroying something that is no good, it doesn't belong, and, and it's not there to be any not there to, to belong to anyways, then you're taking it out and it's gonna be carried out the purging and cleansing. And, and so then he turns 26 in verse 8. Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the house, by the way, getting things clean, getting things right, getting things where they ought to be, where they were before with Hezekiah. And in the 18th year of his reign, so 26, when most are figuring out whether they're going to be married or they're married or whether they're working on relationships or where they're going to land, where they're, where they're going to travel, or 
or the thought of kids or, or not or where they want to be in their career and the location and where they're going to land at and, and making money and, and these kind of things as a 26-year-old, a normal 26-year-old would do and think and try to figure out. Josiah is repairing. He's restoring. He's having others give money to the house of God. He's actually bringing higher respect to the house of God. He's spending a lot of time getting workers to help build the house of God. He's bringing people to the house of God. He's choosing proper leaders. And you see this down through verse 14 and through 18. They found the book of the law, and then they found, they, they found the book, and the, the money was being brought into to the church house, and there's overseers in verse 13, the bearers of burdens and overseers of all that wrought the work in the manner of service, and the Levites were scribes and officers and porters. And this, this chapter, this book, and 2 Chronicles 34 has a lot of great biblical principles and biblical truth for the way the house of God should be. Even down to where the, where the Word of God should be very preeminent and predominant and, and it should be very much open and, and read and Josiah is right in the middle of all of it and workers and servers and, and, and getting overseers and, and leaders and choosing right people and bringing people to the house of God and giving, giving monies to the house of God and allowing the house of God to really flourish and be vital and to have life. And something very special happens. The Word of God is then found. But literally 26 years of Josiah's 31 years of reign, he did not have the law of Moses. And man, when he did, there's a lot of things that took place. There's a lot of things that, took, that happened because the precepts became practice. What he was observing, now they're obeying. The covenants made it to their heart and soul. They're loving it. And once the Word of God was found, it became very obvious in them. It changed their life. It was success. Joshua 1.8, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Sixty-six books. He only had one. Old Testament, New Testament, we've got it. The whole canon of Scripture. He didn't have all that, but yet they performed the words of what they had. It was produced, it was effective, it was observed. Because when you find this book, this book finds you. See, when you read this book, this book reads you. When you study this book, this book studies you. When you fall in love with this book, this book becomes like no other book. There's nothing quite like this book. And then, God's testimonies become our testimony. And it's written and read of all men. It's a living epistle. And so the Word of God becomes sweet like honey. And it's, oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in Him. Because the Word of God becomes very special to you, unlike any other book. And it's very special in what it does, and it has so much power. And bear with me, please, for a moment. And it's actually like a couple things in the Word of God. It goes into a lot of things. Psalm 119 talks a lot about what the Word of God does. But Jeremiah 23, 29 says, the Word of God is like a hammer. And it's as a fire, but 
It's like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. And it just keeps on pounding. And it just keeps on hitting our heart. And it keeps on wanting to get that rock broken. And if I pound on this long enough, it'll break. It'll break. And we, if we're a hard heart, see, it's starting to break. Hard heart might take a lot of pounding. Word of God, like a hammer. It might require some things in your life you don't want. It hurts. You're getting hit. Man, it's like a hammer. It just keeps on pounding. It doesn't give up. And God is going to do some things, bring some things to break the rock. Break the pieces. i got all kinds of pieces up here making a mess. What we ought to desire to be, same pounding, same pounding that goes to the rock. Same pounding, same pounding, goes to the rock and go to the sponge. Man, I want to have a soft heart. I want God, if He's pounding on me, then I'm soaking it all up. And I'm taking it all in. Because man, this hurts a lot worse. Man, this, 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 is, this is breaking me apart. It's molding me. It's making me. It's, I'm going into His image, but man, it's, it's painful. It is extremely painful. It's challenging. It's tribulation. It's difficulty. It's circumstances. God's will is going to be in your life. It's going to happen. It's going to be re- revealed through His Word if you look to it. Because He wants to pound on you. Man, it's same pounding. It's soft. Hard. And it's like a seed. If we plant it in our heart, it'll grow and it'll produce life. And then it's like a sword. Hebrews 4.12, it says, the Word of God is, is quicker and sharper than any two-edged sword. But I have your attention now, I imagine. <laughs> and it's the sword of the Spirit, and it's the chief weapon that's needed for battle. And it says it's able to pierce. A sharp point on the end, it's, it's able to pierce. It's able to divide asunder of soul and spirit, and the joints and, and marrow, and, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It's pointed and it's sharper than, it's sharper than this. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Because it convicts. It cuts. It pierces right into the soul and spirit. It's a chief weapon. Uh, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Oh man, it can cut deep. Man, it goes deep. It goes so deep, it gets into the joints. Where the muscle that flexes and, and what links to the bone and, and what, what allows that, that hinging to take place. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to go into those bones. And it's going to. Those, those are like the revealer of my attitude and my actions. Oh, I can flex. Look at me. But man, the Word of God is going to cut right through the joints. The marrow, the, the heart, the heart of the bone. I mean, the, 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 big, the, the big part in the middle that, that, that goes really, really deep. It's not going to just trim off the, the top of the bone. No, it's going to go into the marrow of the bone, right, right deep into my heart. You mean the Word of God is offensive? Yeah, it's offensive. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. 
I wonder when's the last time we got cleansed by the Word of God? When's the last time you had surgery from the sword? Wonder when's the last time the Word of God was open? Might take a pounding. It can be a, it's a seed. It wants to grow in their spiritual life and vitality, and, and life can come to those who open it. It's a mirror, man. It reveals some things in my life, and it's going to reflect my self-condition. And I look in that mirror, whoa, 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 wait a second. Unless I look in that mirror and I see a reflection of my Savior in me. And so I, I, I need to see the, more of the Word of God to see more of the Savior. And it's a lamp. It's a, that Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. And I, and I don't know about you, but I'd rather not use GPS. And I'd rather just try to figure it out on my own. And so I go for a while thinking I've got it all under control, but then when I realize I've looped around the same loop, and I've taken the exit, and, I, and, I, and now I'm going back to the same exit, and I'm getting lost as I go, and you know, sometimes detours come on the way, and the, the road that I thought I knew now has a detour. And God is trying to teach me something, that I need to have Thy Word as a lamp to my feet and a line to my path for direction for my life. And, and so it's almost like the Word of God can be the GPS. And because I need direction, but I think every way a man is right in his own eyes, I think I've got it all under control, and I'll even talk my wife into saying, I'm good, I'm fine, it's okay. And she quietly sits there and just waits for the time that we make the circle back around. It's kind and submissive. And I straight up get lost. And you and I are straight up lost without this book. And by the way, it's food. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby, we're not going to be any stronger than what we believe in the Word of God. We're not going to have any more vitality in life to what we believe in the Word of God. We've got to grow off of it. We've got to feed off of it. And we can even get to the point where in Psalms 119 it says, I opened my mouth and panted. I won't act that out. But I opened my mouth and panted. For I longed for thy commandments. Wow, if we could get to that point in our life. Do you, do you and I feel that way about the word of God? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You come to me and you say, man, I feel palpitations around my heart and I just don't feel good. I'm very weak and, I, and I, I'm just really struggling to, to even walk and to get around. And, and I just don't feel very good at all. And man, I just have no strength. My muscles, are about, they just feel like they're just flimsy and I can hardly move. And I say, well, when's the last time you ate? Oh, well, that's, that's, that's something I, I haven't done in a while. You mean you haven't eaten? Your problem is you're starving. Go eat. Get some food. We're starving. Because we're not eating. You mean you can kill yourself if you don't eat? Of course you can. You mean you can kill yourself if you don't eat? Of course you can. Spiritually, physically, if I can do that physically, the Word of God, why does God use the man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Why does He use that as a visual for us? So that we will get the hint, get the idea that I need this just as bad as I need food this afternoon. Just as bad as I, I need the, the milk as a newborn babe as a sire, as a sear milk of the Word of God. No baby turns the milk away. But my, how often do we turn this away from this? Because the greatest enemy to this book is a disregard for it. Oh, you and I want to make it look like we read our Bible when we come to church and we get all dressed up and everything seems fine and dandy, a cotton candy. But here's the thing. Are we really reading the Word of God? Do we really know what the Word of God says? Are we really studying it? Are we really going about it? D.L. Moody said, a clean Bible represents a lean soul. Jeremiah says, thy words were found and I did eat them. They were their joy and rejoicing in my heart. And here's my final thing today for you. If I were to personally ask you, do you believe everything on the news? Oh no, not by now. Do you believe everything on social media? Of course not. Do you believe everything anyone tells you? Not all the time. Do you believe every word of God is true? Oh yes. Of course I do. Oh, oh yes. Most definitely. You mean from the beginning to the end. Yes. Genesis to Revelation. Yes. Every word, every jot, every tittle. You mean every part of it. All Scripture. You mean every canon of it. All of it. All, all the canon of it. You mean every word in the Word of God. Then why is it that we spend so much time glued to the TV on social media on all the things that we don't believe. I believe the Word of God. Yeah, I have it. It's true. It's right. Yeah, it talks about how true it is. Psalm 119 tells me how clean, how enduring, how it lasts forever, how it is food, how, it, how, it, how many benefits it has. It even talks about itself. What other book talks about itself like that? Because it's trying to get a point across to us that we need to open it. We need to read it. We need to get into it. We need to love it so much. Well, I'm going to put together Bibles tonight for people that don't have the Word of God. We have the Word of God, and yet we're not. And are we opening it? Are we letting it pound on us? Are we letting it break us down? Are we letting it cut us deep? Are we letting it be food? Are we letting it be seed to be planted, to have growth and greenery and green vitality and spiritual life? Are we letting it happen in our own life so it is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path? I don't know what to do with my life. Well, get in the Word of God. I don't know how to, how to find God's will. Get in the Word of God. Oh, I will spend so much time this week, you and I both, on everything that we do not believe. And yet, what we say we do believe, very little time. And oh, that is to our shame. And then we wonder, I feel weak. I don't feel good. I can barely walk. I can barely get through life. I don't know, I don't know how they could be, be Christians. I, I, the Christians seem like they're some of the most miserable people in all the world. And we are. Because we have the Word of God. And we will not open it. And it sits on a shelf and we got 10, 12 copies of it. And yet tonight we'll say, hey, come to Bible Publishing and put the Scripture Word of God together for those who do not have one. Do not have it. And we have it. And yet we let it sit. 
And we have it, and oh, I'll come to Sunday school, I'll go to church, and please come to Sunday school, please come to church, because it's one more time the Word of God can be open. It's one more time that sword can penetrate. It's one more time that seed can grow and get planted. And it's one more time that an incorruptible seed, it could be that somebody does not know the Lord this morning. And they need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. And hear the Word of God in faith, cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And I thank God that the Word of God was open as an eight-year-old young man and shown to me how it's incorruptible seed, how it is food, how it is a lamp to my feet, how it's a sword, how it's a mirror, and how it's a hammer. But you know, an eight-year-old young man, I didn't know that. All I needed to be shown was, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And then once I called upon Him, now I can trust Him with not only my eternity, but with my life. And it's the greatest day that changed my life forever because now I start to understand the Word of God. The Holy Spirit, my teacher, reveals and, and opens it up. But i got to get in it. Don't expect to know God when you don't know His Word. Let's pray, please. Lord God, I pray you'll use this message this morning to speak to my heart, to speak to the hearts of these, your people. And Lord, I pray that anyone this morning does not know you, that they would come to know you as their own personal Savior, that we would take a journey in the Word of God, that we would take someone else on the journey in the Word of God. Maybe share a verse with someone this week. Maybe share the gospel with someone this week. Maybe be in the Word and give the Word. Head bowed and our eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you do not know God as your own personal Savior. You can come to know Him this morning by putting your trust in Him and Him alone. And the greatest thing you can do is admit you're a sinner. Know that you sin, that you are in a condition, that you're lost, and you can be found. That Jesus died on the cross and He was buried and, and He rose again. And all you need to do is trust in Jesus and what He did for you. And place trust in His Word, placing your faith in Him alone for heaven. Simply call upon Him this morning. For those of you this morning that would call yourself a Christian, do you have a testimony of being in His testimonies? That's a testimony. Are you still in the Word of God, finding new things in it, loving it, living it, keeping it, all your heart, soul, might. As the piano plays, the altar is open. As God pounding with a hammer. What do you see in the mirror? Is the seed continuing to be planted? Is there growth in your life? Is there growth in other believers because you're sharing the Word of God with them? Would you stand with me, please, as we open up the altar? As soon as you stand, the altar is open. You can come to this altar, and it's a place that you can praise the Lord for His Word, or maybe you want to pray and ask God to have you in His Word this week. Maybe you say, God, please give me strength to share Your Word with someone this week. Thanks again for watching us online today. 
If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.